0: Welcome, everyone, to our latest edition of BAMS Radio. I'm Drew Diarman and we're here to talk Alabama 63, Louisiana Monroe 7. It was a dominant performance from the University of Alabama. Certainly not a perfect one, so there was enough things Nick Saban will be able to harp on. Alabama, you know, sputtering a little bit offensively in the second quarter, and also defensively, they had a bad series after a turnover on downs allowed Louisiana Monroe to convert some third downs, allowed them to throw and catch a little bit and run the football in the red zone. So out, But overall, Alabama uh, with over 500 yards of offense, and the amazing thing is they didn't even run 60 plays in the game. I thought that was really the most significant stat. Alabama, uh, you know, at one point in the fourth quarter, had only run 40 offensive plays. It was a little bit of a, uh, a different kind of game against Louisiana Monroe. As good a special teams game as I've seen for, from Alabama in a long, long time, no doubt about it. And so, uh, but we're going to talk about it today on Bams Radio and talk about what we saw from the University of Alabama against Louisiana Monroe. And we're going to talk about it with our usual cohorts, Thomas the Wizard Watts and the Port City of Mobile, keeping us here on the air, producing the show, giving us his Interesting thoughts and takes analytically, with the inside the numbers and plays and players that impressed him. And of course, from '89 to '93, William Redfish Barger, a huge part of Alabama football, national champion. And we're going to talk some Crimson Tide today, guys. Interesting game for the University of Alabama. Uh, you know what you'd expect. They outgained uh, Monroe 509 to 169. As we said, a little bit of a difference uh, situation because of the, the lack of reps offensively due to the fact that the kicking game was so dominant for Alabama, that's a punt return, touchdown, a block punt touchdown, a school record, eight punt returns for 262 yards, a 68 yarder to the house for Brian branch and some big time strides from Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, in that, uh, area of the game after, I thought he was shaky last week. And then even Isaiah bond with a nice return, but, Alabama getting a defensive touchdown, their first turnover of the year. Will Anderson, Jr., 25 yards out. But overall, William, uh, what did you take from Alabama's 63-7
1: win? Well, I'd say the first thing is, Drew, is all the people that you've been arguing with about David Palmer uh, being the greatest punt returner in Alabama history are probably going to hit back at you and say it's now a combination <laughs> of Kool-Aid and Branch. Yeah, probably so. Um, you know, I mean, I, I saw some good things. I mean, I, I would say I would have given the the coaching an A++. Um, I, I've never understood it. I've been bitching about it for, you know, since 2007. Um, you know, I wish at some point in time they would start putting the backups in a little bit sooner. Um. You know, A, risk and injury to starters. B, I do think that their inability to, to do that caught up with them in the national championship game last year. Um, a lot of their backups weren't developed, weren't used to being on a big stage. And, and you know, I, I would give them a, an easy out on that a little bit last year because they did have so many, you know, unfortunate SEC games that came down to the fourth quarter. But I, I still would like to see, you know, backups get to play quicker than they do. Um, I, I think that we're probably in the midst of seeing the uh, uh, a, a personnel change in one of the starting guard spots. Um, I think Tyler Booker's probably, um, if, if he doesn't do it this week, for Arkansas, they've still got another game to – you know, kind of test the waters. But I do think you're going to see a Tyler Booker starting at left guard or right guard, if not this weekend by Arkansas. Uh, the young man came in yesterday and, albeit, you know, versus a, a very low level of competition, um, played very well for himself. Um, you know, overall, you, know, you still want to see the offense, you know, start to execute at, at, at a higher rate um you know it was great to see um um you know bryce and cameron to hook up i think that's something that they need to continue to you know dig at um you know to, to help the passing game along and uh but, but overall drew i mean i think you know especially on defense and on special teams you know they they got scores um that they added in there as well but um you know, I, I don't think unless you really, really want to peel the layers of the onion almost to the core, there's there's really not a whole lot you can nitpick about about I, yesterday's performance.
0: I agree. I mean, I know there was some consternation about the second quarter and the touchdown giving up, and then
2: Bryce did throw two interceptions. Drew, let me cut you off. I've really got a question for William in terms of how the game played out. You know you I never have played a down of organized football in my life. My parents never let me. they were afraid I'd get hurt and and that to me is fine. But how big a deal is it when when you leave the field as an offense, it's seven to nothing. And when you come back on the field as an offense it's 21 to nothing. like how and you and of course you're off the field for that long. How big is that for like establishing a rhythm?
1: Well, let, let me say this, Thomas. I mean, when I played, it was kind of an That's one of the reasons why I always like to ding them for um, you know not playing the backups any quicker than they did. We we had a standing order from Coach Stallings. It didn't matter if it was you know twenty eight to nothing at at, at halftime or forty eight to nothing at halftime. Mm-hmm. If the offense came out the first drive of the second half and took it down and scored a touchdown, um, but you were done for the day, and so that was motivation.
2: Yeah, you know
1: when it's when it was 150 degrees outside, and you know you knew, hey, if we do our jobs, and and again, you know when it's against the Louisiana Monroe's or the two lanes of the world, yeah. it's really not that hard to. So if you're asking me how I would have taken that. I, I was playing for a coach that was so, you know, in the dark ages, as far as, you know, he didn't care that the offense had only scored seven points first man to 35 just go sit on the bench. So
2: nice. um,
1: we were excited. We were appreciative and, and excited about the 14 points that were, you know, dumped in our pot. Nice. Um, go ahead. Yeah.
0: No, I was just going to say, I, I agree with you, William. I mean, uh, certainly you're talking about playing for Gene Stallings and, you know, points that you can generate in the kicking game are so huge. I was just saying that Bryce, you know, he, it, it was a little bit of a rough outing for him. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks would love to throw for 236 and, you know, and three scores. But he did have his first two interceptions. As I said, they came out in dual safeties. Uh, he sort of forced it downfield to bond. He probably should have just taken off and got the first down. There was a couple other chances where I thought he was, and he did scramble, but he kind of hesitated almost paused and allowed the defender to tackle him from behind. I was a little bit worried about him getting hurt, but he always wants to keep his he- head upfield uh, and eyes up up the field to throw the ball to, you know, give his receivers a chance to make a play. And uh, That's just his style. Like his seven-yard scramble for a touchdown was a Houdini act. He did a 360 past the defender uh, to break the plane, and he just does a great job of not taking a lot of direct hits. So, uh, you know, the, as I said, the second interception – I, it was a little high, but I think, you know, uh, Brooks would tell you he probably should have had it. But I love Ja'Cory Brooks, and I know I'm sure you guys were talking about that when I had to come back on with you. But Ja'Cory plays hard in all phases, and he blocked that punt and set up Malachi Moore for the three-yard touchdown uh, recovery and to get it in the end zone. And he had a big 29-yard catch early. He had not had a ton of targets so far, but I think that's going to continue to grow. I really like the guy. I think he's a clutch player. Uh, And, again, the kicking game was as good. i got to give Coleman Hutzler a game ball uh, with what they were working on. Coach Saban did say that they hadn't made enough difference making plays, uh, you know, so far on special teams going into the game. But as you already further referenced, people probably now think Kool-Aid's the greatest punt returner of all time. But uh, and he he did a great job. But I mean, Branch came in had a 68 yard for a touchdown. Bond had a nice one. And I'll tell you this too: eight returns for 262 yards. They averaged 33 yards a return. School record, uh, no question about that. And I thought they took some great steps forward. But interestingly, Nick Saban was adamant after the game that JoJo Earls the punt returner. So certainly he'll be the punt returner. It sounds like when he comes back. But now Alabama has options. Jameer Gibbs also had a long kickoff return. So I think really where the game was won handily was in special teams. It set the offense up all day. The offense didn't even run 60 plays, as we've already talked about, uh, and they still gained over 500 yards. But again, Alabama was able to maximize their opportunities, and the kicking game took a big step forward to be a weapon, hopefully, as this season goes on, because it wasn't so much a weapon except for Will Reichert against Texas. but as you guys know, as Alabama's going to head to the Arkansas in a couple of weeks, they're going to need
1: the kicking game to make a difference
0: uh, if they want to beat the Hogs on the road.
1: Well, you you know you referenced something, Drew, that I, I guess you know you and Thomas have gotten some feedback. It sounds like it was somewhat negative about Bryce Young, and you know I don't know if people that listen to this show notice or not, but I don't ever say anything about Bryce Young because he's proven to me that you know if he has a mistake here or there. Or, doesn't have a Heisman-winning trophy performance every Saturday. Um, it just doesn't bother me. He's, he's done uh, so much for this offense and so much for this program over the last two seasons. Um, he's earned that respect for me, much like you never heard me say a word about Evan Neal last year. Um, there, there's a lot of other people that need to um, step up their game and improve their performance on that offense, not named Bryce Young. Um, and, and I think that's something else, you know, the other thing that, that, you know, came out of yesterday, um, that, that I kind of noticed, you know, a, there's, there's still a lot of, um, you know, you didn't see Kobe Prentice much yesterday. Um, you have to kind of wonder, um, if that wasn't some, some in-house punishment for his lack of play versus Texas the week before, um, some other guys starting to get healthy. um. You know, Coach Sabin kind of throwing the the fire stick down about JoJo Earl. You know, if he thinks he's the punt returner, um, in his mind, he probably thinks he's the starting slot wide receiver as well. But, you know, there's another guy that, that kind of really caught my eye besides Tyler Booker, um, and that's Jamarion Miller. Um, now, he may have a little bit more difficult time to getting – um obviously he's probably not going to get the starting job this year but you know that's a crowded crowded running back room but man every time that young man touches the ball and, and his touches have come against you know bad competition man he just just explodes um I really like the way he runs the ball with an attitude and um, you yeah, know, I thought Roy Dell um, had a good game. All the running backs had a good game yesterday. Hell, they put a couple of them in there that I'd never heard before, and they ran the ball well. Um, so, you know, again, they've got another game coming up this weekend against Vanderbilt, where they can, you know, exercise some of their demons. You know, tra- start trying to find, you know, the five best offensive linemen, the the best working group of wide receivers. Um, you know, getting Cameron Law to more involved in, in the offense. So, you know, you're starting to see uh, that happen. You know, there's, there's a lot less, uh, you know, let's, let's fire uh, Bill O'Brien and, and promote, you know, uh, some unnamed uh, analyst or, or GA that's on the staff as the interim offensive coordinator for the rest of the season today than there was last Sunday. Well, William, I
0: can tell you this, though. I did get one message on Twitter. Uh, so that we're that we're st- we're not totally immune uh, from the nuttiness yet. Uh, I had somebody ask me how good a play card Derek Dooley was.
1: God Almighty knows.
0: <laughs> please no, please, yeah. please no. Yeah. Let's, let's I, and I I know. even asked the person. I said, uh, "What do you mean?" Well, just in case, and of course, Alabama was up twenty-eight to seven at the time. So, but again, I mean it, you know, it knows no bounds. People always think that they can call plays and everything like that. But, you know, Bryce had a couple of picks, but I think you can learn from mistakes like that. Certainly. uh, I think, uh, he, he will. And like you said, William, I totally agree. He's carried this offense a lot. And so I was glad to see the running game get going. I know you mentioned Jamarian Miller. He runs with a ton of thump and I, and look, I understand what Trey Sanders has overcome in his career. I still think he's a good player. He got into the end zone yesterday. But he also had a mental error on a hold. And I think on another carry, didn't hit the right hole. He better sharpen it up, man, because Jamarian Miller is coming. And that dude, I think he's the perfect running back to take the air out of the ball. Because when you're playing against a tired defense, who's frustrated. And they're already being put away. He, He drops the hammer a lot. I think a, a role for him could be created like that. And I really, uh, and I thought, uh, I totally agree with you about Roy Dell Williams. He pretty much did all his damage on one drive, but he ran angry. His 10 yard touchdown run was second and third effort. And I think he was trying to make up for the fact that he didn't hit the hole correctly last week on that fourth and a half yard. So, uh, and I think it was, uh, you know, interesting that Saban put him in front of the media as well uh, yesterday. So I think they were pleased with him. Of course I love Jason Gibbs. I love Gibbs' versatility, but I agree with you William. I don't think there's any question. It's the deepest running back room in the SEC and they need to continue to get these guys touches and this is a different kind of offense. I don't know that it's going to be a, as much of a down the field. Yes, Jace, uh, you know, did a nice job yesterday and yes, uh, I think and he's he's already shown the ability to take it 81 yards to the house against Texas and and I think that certainly You know, uh, Bryce needs to hit Burton deep, but I think those will come. I think the deep shots will eventually be hit. And don't forget, J Mo didn't have his coming out party until Texas ATM. And, you know, so, well, I'm going to, I I just, I I would say to kind of just, you know, relax a little bit. The deep shots are going to come, but I think this Alabama offense is going to be based more on uh, power and brutality. And you brought up something, William, that I was going to ask you about, and I'm glad you already mentioned it. I completely agree with you about Tyler Booker. He is a nasty guy. He's coming, and I truly think he's about to beat out J.B. and Cohen, and we're going to see him and Emil Ecuar. It wouldn't even shock me if that happens this week against Vanderbilt.
1: Well, and, and I'm going to say this after having a couple of minutes to think about it. You know, you need to text your buddy back um, after the, the show's over with, and tell him that unless Joe Cox has to have his appendix removed for one game, um, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with Derek Dooley coaching the tight ends, but absolutely nothing beyond that.
2: <laughs> um,
1: but uh, yeah, I mean, you yeah, I think it's, it shouldn't really surprise a lot of people um, about Booker. I mean, he established himself pretty quickly after only being on campus for three months in the spring is, you know, a guy that could be a backup right tackle or the backup right guard. Um, you know, now after some more time and development, you know, he's, he's pushing for a starting role. Um, you know, you heard uh, multiple stories from multiple players off of that IMG team last year that he was the alpha. Um, and, and, you know, when you can be the alpha on a, on a team full of alphas at IMG, that, that says a lot. So, you know, he's, he's a powerfully built young man you know, I think obviously football's important to him he, he he did a nice job on you know leaning out his his body in the off season getting rid of a little bit of bad weight it wasn't a lot and uh so you know he's putting himself in a position to uh you know become a mainstay possibility as a true freshman um you know I I, I you know I, I'm with you I think it's probably going to end up being at left guard but you know Um, It it would be kind of interesting and unique to see the two former IMG teammates being at right guard and right tackle. Um, You know, I think in a lot of ways they both have nasty streaks, but I agree with you. I think it's probably going to come at left uh, if some things don't change. And, 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 you know, some of the things that need to change, I don't know if they can change at that position, Um, and I'm going to leave it at that um, because it's – you know, personal stuff and doesn't need to be aired on this show or, or any others. And, uh, but yeah, I can't say enough things about the good things about the young man. He's just got the it factor. And, and I think the thing that I like most about him um, the, the things that I just mentioned, you can't coach. I mean, that's, that's like, you know, um I've seen a lot of stuff in the last week about, you know, Coach uh Saban wanting, you know, more physicality out of the, the offensive line and certainly they can be more physical against an undermanned Warhawk team, but that's not something you can just afli- you can just flip a switch on. You know, that's something that's developed in the off season and spring practice and fall camp and that identity is I'm not saying it's impossible, but it doesn't happen very often. Now when you start adding more pieces, to the starting five that, that have that, that have that nasty streak, you know, um, you know, pushing people over a pile before the whistle blows, um, you know, that's just something that's not taught. That's just, you know, that guy's got a little bit of a dog in him and, you know, wants to make his opponent suffer. And that's, that's the way that my, you've got to have that mindset um, if you want to be successful at that position, you don't, you don't run into a lot of nice guys and I'm not saying off the field. But you don't run into a lot of nice guys that play that position because that's about the only glory there is. Um, playing that position is, you know, kind of taking your opponent's soul on Saturday or in the NFL on Sundays, you know, that lines up across from you because nobody really pays any attention, um, you know, to the fat guys unless they do something wrong and draw a flag or get, you know, humiliated on a play. But um, I agree with what you said about Jamarion Miller. And, and there again, I, I think you know it's setting up real nicely for a, a difficult run, uh, starting the week after next at Arkansas. They're 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 getting there. I mean, they're starting to kind of at least align the pieces in place. I think that need to uh, need to happen. Um, I you know I think probably the the next little thing and, and probably the last little thing that needs to be figured out is the wide receiver rotation. And, you know, we're probably going to have to wait for a couple more guys to, you know, get totally healthy uh, before we see what that final lineup looks like.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's going to be interesting. I And I also thought, you know, they came out in two tight ends. Kim Randolph gets the start number 85. They had Latou back. We talked about his great catch for 38 yards on that. I thought the biggest part of the game and the thing that pleased me the most, uh, William, was that two-minute drill at the end of the first half, 93 yards to the house. Uh, they Great drive. They were able to spread the ball out. They you know, they got started with Gibbs on a draw, and then Bryce started going to work surgically. And then you saw my guy, Amari Nyblak, get his first yes. action, and he caught a 15-yard touchdown pass, which, you know, that means to me, William, he's doing some things right in practice. And I know I have a very good source at practice now who told his father, he, he walked on for the university, and he said, look, 84 is a freakazoid athlete. When he figures it out, it's going be uh, he, uh, he's going to be hell to deal with. And it looks like he's starting to assert himself. So I thought it was interesting. You're right. We didn't see Prentice much until later in the game because they wanted to work on the running game and getting two tight ends on the field and have Randolph help with the perimeter running game, which I think he does, and then Latu is a receiver. And if you start developing – people like Nye Black, that would be big, William.
1: Well, thank you for bringing that up. I meant to say that earlier, and, and it slipped my mind. That was easily the the biggest surprise of the game for me. It, you know, if, if the announcer hadn't beaten me to the punch, I was going to get on my phone and go, who in the hell is 84? <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, that's – and, you know, that's that's a, you know another little – you know, spice you could throw in the gumbo pot, you know, if you could somehow get to a you know, a not, not that Cameron La is the the athlete that Nye Black is, but he he's still um a very I mean he he's not Bowers from Georgia, but he's still a damn good college tight end in my opinion. Um, you know, one that can certainly stress a defense in certain, you know, formations and routes. But if they could get to where those are the two guys um, then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're cooking with grease there a little bit, and uh, you know, I, I wish, uh, especially in a game like yesterday, let's let's don't even, you know, st- stress the equipment managers out and trying to sl- uh, change the jerseys out, you know, put Randolph and leave him in the 85, let him get comfortable back to doing what he was good at, and and you know. You you saw what Tyler Booker has been able to do with increased game reps. You know, let's get another one of those young offensive guards ready to go. Um, I'm not saying they're going to be a starter, but, you know, there's other guys on that roster that need the reps besides the guy in in Kendall Randolph that I just don't think is going to be a factor there, you know, once they get into the meat of the SEC season.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And, Thomas, I wanted to bring you into the conversation. I know you were uh, watching the offense closely on Saturday. What were your thoughts on what you saw uh, out of the group as a whole?
2: So I think two things can be true at the same time when we talk about this Alabama offense. The group as a whole, and I'll just put the offensive group as a whole, is most comfortable in three, four, five wide receiver sets, so what you would call spread formations – with some tempo that's you mentioned the two-minute drill you know what 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 Alabama fans would think of as the two-minute offense I think that's where the Alabama offense is most comfortable now I think you can make the argument that Nick Saban wants the offense to try and develop a physical identity that runs out of a 21 personnel you know Or really, the two-back sets are going to cause all sorts of hell. I think the best play Alabama put on film yesterday was that damn two-back RPO thing. Because if I'm a defensive coordinator, I pull that up and I think about how I'm going to defend that, and then I promptly start flipping tables because that's going to cause all sorts of stress on any defense this offense sees. So I'm I'm not willing to give Bill O'Brien a pass. I kind of wish that Alabama would embrace the fact that some tempo for three, four, five wide receiver sets is the most comfortable spot for this offense. I wish I could see more of that. But at the same time, if if I'm supposed to believe you're working on stuff, OK, fine. I, I do sort of kind of wish you were, weren't working on stuff against Texas. But moving on, I did have a thought and and I'm I'm going to I mentioned last week self scouting some of the things that you do well, et cetera. And one of the things that occurred to me is this Alabama offense is a good unit. Is it great? I don't think so, but it's a good unit and it's getting better. The problem is I, and you know, I'll eat my own crow. I thought this team was going to be generationally good given what was coming back. And it is, I think it can be, but it, I think it can be an elite team. I don't think it's ever going to be generationally good anymore. And the only way that you now know that is through seeing between the white lines. And that's unfortunate, but it's also the reality. The offensive group is getting better. I think, you know, you've already talked about Tyler Booker. Uh, the the reinforcements at the wide receiver position. If Jojo Earl is as good as Nick Saban seems to think he is based on his comments, suddenly that's another thing for Bryce Young to utilize. And if Tyler Harrell is the speedster that, again, we've been told, and if you look at his his career averages from Louisville, you would think that there is some validity to that thought that changes things. Now, do I think Bryce Young needs to improve? Yeah, but I think the offense in general needs to improve, and I'm okay with that. I'm willing to embrace the fact that I put too much expectations on that group, in like just looking at it. But you know, having said that, as you look at this team compete, there are some things that you realize are comfort, and I really hope as the season moves on because. I'm not a. I don't really care that Arkansas struggled with Missouri State. Um, let's see how they are against Texas A&M, because A&M's for all of A&M's consistent puke all over their own shoes offense, the defense has been pretty good. So you know you're going to start to get a better feel for teams. Alabama's offense is getting better. It's not great yet, I don't think. But the pieces are, are are coming together as the offensive line continues to solidify, everything will start moving at a better clip. I don't think they're gonna be as good as twenty twenty. I'm not even sure they'll be as good as last year. I think there's a comment that Alabama fans may have missed, but Todd McShay uh, made the comment to Paul Feinbaum in one of his little one of his hits that he thought Jamison Williams might have been the best offensive player in college football last year. Now I'm not quite willing to go that far. But that gives you an idea of what Jamison Williams turned into for this Alabama offense. And if that is the case, that's a bigger hole to fill than anybody realized. So the offense is getting better. They're moving pieces and parts around. Luckily, Alabama is favored by a comical 37-and-a-half so, you know, five-and-a-half touchdowns, basically, against Vandy. So another chance to get better next week. I thought the OLM game as a whole, Drew, it was exactly what Nick Saban wanted, a game that was well in hand with plenty of teachable moments because, you know, we talked about the Bryce Young thing, uh, some of the offensive line stuff, that weird second quarter where the Alabama defense kind of let up and let that touchdown go through. And you know I'm not saying it's all their fault, but that was very bizarre. At the end of the day, good win, move on to the next. The team is getting better, and that's sort of the balm and the hot sauce that I'm putting on top of my pie based off my incorrect assumptions leading into this season, Drew.
0: Well, and William, I got to tell you this. I, I know we've had, we haven't talked about it till now, but it was the first start of many in his career, in my opinion. And he made an impact. He had two tackles, a half a tackle for loss, and also a pass breakup. But I love seeing my man Otis on the defensive line, starting for Alabama for the first time. And I thought Deontay Lawson rotating with Moody. There was no drop-off there either. I thought Lawson and, and, uh, and, and Jaheim Otis played well for Alabama.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, we've been so offensively focused uh, since we started talking. I, I was going to be my first two uh, mentions on defense, Drew. But I, I want to kind of continue Thomas's, uh train of thought there about the offense because I think it's not, not so much important for the 2022 Alabama team, but really for, for any offensive identity. And, and I think Coach Saban is kind of – you know, backed himself up against the wall with this because I think he would like to be a hybrid of what his teams were, you know, from, from 08 to, you know, 2013 um, versus what probably the personnel is that they have on hand. You know, that's, that's your job as a head coach and as an offensive coordinator and all the offensive coaches on that staff is to identify, you know, what what can this offense be good at and what can they be the most effective at? You know, they've still got until, I think, October 1st to to settle on that identity. But if, in fact, and I'm I'm leaning towards Thomas's take right now, um, and I think that was probably the case last year as well. I mean, you heard Coach uh, Saban, you know, mention this, um, you know, this summer. Uh, During fall camp, that you know, hey, you know, we probably were a, you know, a a drop back, um, you know, spread offense last year. Well, if that's what you are again, then, you know, let's just pull the trigger and be good at it. Um, You know, if you can't line up on fourth and one and pick up, uh, you know, one yard running the ball between the tackles, then don't try and do it. Um, Same thing if you get in the red zone. There's a lot of offenses out there. Um, you know, in in college football these days that don't even pretend to be be anything else but what Thomas is talking about. And and I've said since he was the second-team quarterback in 2020 um, that I felt like with Bryce Young that this would be, you know, and and I think it still should be, and you saw a little bit of it yesterday, not enough in my opinion. But I do think this team would be um, a better offense you know, with more RPOs mixed in, Um, you know, I'm not saying let's turn Bryce Young into, um, you know, Jalen Hurts, but there is the threat there now of what he can do with his legs. Um, You know, maybe with Tyler Booker's emergence um, at offensive guard, maybe they can be a little bit better at running between the tackles on a consistent basis. That's still to be determined. But I do think with what you see out there, After three games, it it looks more to me like what you saw in 2021 offensively, even without Jamison Williams and John Mechie, versus what you could do with the Alabama offense in 2012 or 2020.
0: Well, it's interesting, too. And I do think the O-line is going to continue to get better. And let's not forget, three of their faster and more dynamic wide receivers are not playing yet. We still see, haven't seen Tyler Harrell. He did not dress. Aaron Anderson did, but didn't get any reps yet. And then, of course, JoJo Earl. So they've got some guys, other other receivers to add to this mix. It'll be interesting to see how that affects the rotation. Uh, and some guys, I think, that are dynamic that can make some big plays. So we'll just have to see uh, you know, what happens there uh, with the wide receiver core. Uh, and then with Nye Black. Does he continue to get more time at tight end and be especially a red zone target and one where that uh, down the middle of the field maybe for Bryce Young as the season goes on? I still think the cool part about this offense is it's nowhere near uh, you know a finished product. I think it's going to continue to evolve. I still think the running game needs to be the biggest part of it because they're so deep at running back and getting the uh, the, the running backs involved in the passing game, like Gibbs and like Jason McClellan. And I think we'll continue to see that. It may not be as explosive an offense, but with a Bryce Young, it can still be just as effective. And again, Alabama defensively, I don't think he's getting enough credit. I think they've been very effective so far. I like how the D-line's playing. I like the rotations. I like the fact, William, you mentioned it already, they're playing more guys at linebacker, and there's not a lot of drop-off at all. Uh, And, you know, Will Anderson's been Will Anderson. He had a sack yesterday. He did have a 25-yard interception return. Uh, and I still think he's going to continue to be uh, a good player. I think Braswell will have his breakout at some point too, maybe in Fayetteville. I mean, certainly, certainly we'll see. Uh, but I'm I'm excited. I think Alabama is getting better, and I think with the special teams starting to to flex yesterday, that's going to help this team as well. Because uh, at times Alabama's been lacking in the kicking game, but I think you know maybe they gain some confidence off of this performance, and certainly I hope they can take that on. Uh, into Vanderbilt, no doubt about it. And so we'll we'll continue to see, uh, you know, uh, how this team develops. And as they continue to get more pieces back, they seem to be relatively healthy defensively. But, you know, as we said, they're going to add more pieces via uh, the wide receiver core as those guys get back. And then we'll see how the, you know, the offensive line hashes itself. out. I thought they got a lot of O-linemen playing time yesterday, but I think they're settling in on who that first five should be. And I think that's going to be big for Alabama as they continue uh, to get better. And you know, I, I'm going to be interested to see how they attack Vandy in this SEC opener. Vandy certainly was throttled uh, last Saturday by Wake Forest at home, 45-25. But they went on the road, went went, went and, and they were an underdog, and they beat Northern Illinois 38 to 28. They have a freshman quarterback, AJ Swine, uh, who has uh, played well so far. He's got six touchdowns, got no interceptions. On the season, so he's a good player. Uh, certainly, uh, I, nothing, nothing, you know, n- nothing to I think worry yourself about. If you're Alabama, uh, he's a 225 pounder from White Georgia. He uh, he's done for four fifty two and six TDs so far this season, and he was eighteen of twenty eight for two fifty five and four big touchdowns yesterday. But certainly, uh, it's still a game you should handle. It's a game you should be able to get a lot of guys playing time, and I'm anxious to see how they attack Vanderbilt. And I, I want to see the passing game continue to evolve, or excuse me, evolve, and 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 I, I think and get some shots down the field. And I think they will. Uh, and I'm anxious to see Treshawn Holden continue to develop. Because, again, like I asked Treshawn yesterday, how are he and Bryce's chemistry? Because they're former roommates. And they've really kind of been joined in, at the hip. And now he's got a much bigger role in the offense. He's not the fourth or the fifth guy. He's in that top three. And so he's somebody that's going to be targeted. You know, throughout so, and then they really need to get Jermaine Burton going. He hasn't quite asserted himself yet, so I'm going to be interested to see kind of how that goes. But Thomas, I wanted to bring you back into the conversation. Uh, I know you commented just about what you have seen on offense. Uh, defensively, uh, what the what did you like about what you saw Saturday?
2: I think it continued uh, a trend that's emerged for this Alabama defense. They're a really good unit. And anytime you hold a team to 170, I, I don't care who, that's a good defensive outing. And you, you look at the Texas game, if you can force yourself to watch it, a lot of Texas's yards were were penalty-based. You get off the field, things change, etc. So I think this defensive group is really, really good. And I realize that You haven't seen the meat of the SEC schedule yet. But I fail to feel any other way but confident as Arkansas and A&M, as that starts rolling, I think Alabama's going to accord themselves well. I'm really excited to see a combination of the Tennessee game and into this LSU game next, later on in the year. Because no matter what, we're going to learn a lot about Tennessee this upcoming weekend as Tennessee and Florida face off. But Tennessee's offensive attack is predicated on tempo, and we saw it last year. It's, it's the same system we saw last year that put up 35, I believe, in Bryant-Denny. And then LSU, look, I don't think LSU is a great football team, but they're a pretty good Texas analog in so much as they are hyper-talented. And that game's on the road. But I don't know how you can't feel confident that this defense is going to be able to be you know, stifling in many cases and put the team in a, in a position to win. I think you mentioned Jaheim Otis. That was one of the things that Alabama needed to develop, an interior presence. Well, God help me if Jaheim Otis ain't that. Um, but one of the things the telecast brought up, Drew, is that the defensive line group is very close and Pete Golding thinks it's one of his best defensive line groups in total. You know, you got your Tim Smiths, your Byron Youngs, um, your Jaheim Otis's and they're able to make plays. So with that in mind, I think this team similar to offense is filling in the little holes it had. I think the defense is further along than the offense, but again, the first game of the year against a Utah state team that is really, really struggling. The first team defense was demon children against Texas. They shot themselves in the foot a lot, but they were still playing pretty well. And if you don't think Steve Sarkeesian is one of the best offensive minds in college football, you are crazy in the coconut. So I'll just leave it at that. And then again, outside of a couple of drives in the second quarter, the defense was shut down and to, uh, Williams point before you're seeing rotation. Deontay Lawson's getting involved. I think Jalen Moody's wonderful. I think Deontay Lawson has a higher ceiling. And so the folks that are higher ceiling players, they got reps against ULM. They're probably going to get reps in, against Vanderbilt. And I don't know what else you can ask for as a defense or as, as an Alabama fan in terms of what, you know, what pieces parts are going to get better and, and, you know, I'll give a quick shout out, then I'll kick it back to you, Drew. I think the Vanderbilt head coach uh, Clark Lee deserves a ton of credit. That team is getting better. It was it was rough, rough a couple of years okay. ago. Now it's getting better. Is it great? No, but is it going to be great? I somehow doubt it. But they've already above. They've already hit their win total for the season. That three and one. If you can do that this early. Rock on, man. You've already exceeded expectations. A.J. Swan, I think, is a good quarterback. He has absolutely no idea what pool he's about to start swimming in uh, this upcoming weekend. But overall defense, similar to offense. Getting better, filling in holes. You have to still feel confident about this group. Don't ask me Alabama versus Georgia right now because the only response I'm going to have is, are the teams going to look the same in three months? And the answer to that question is unequivocally no. So, you know, I, I'm I'm glad where the defense is, Drew.
0: Yeah, I think they're making progress, no doubt about it. You either get better or you get worse. They're definitely getting better. I think the corners took a step forward. I got to give a shout-out to on Arnold, who's, I think, won a starting position. Kyrie Jackson played, got a little banged up. We didn't see much of Eli Ricks, but... I think the starters right now are on Arnold and Kool-Aid McKinstry. they got to keep improving. The safety plays good. We Helms had 10 tackles, again, to lead the way. Uh, battle was very solid. I love Branch and what he brings and his physicality. Uh, hopefully we'll continue to see Malachi get better. But uh, I just think overall it's a matchup with Vandy that I still think Alabama will win comfortably. I would, uh, I would, I would venture to say in the, uh, uh, you know, I'd say 48 to seven territory is what I think. I think Alabama will win the game and win it easily. Uh, And and then hopefully we're going to see a continued, uh, you know, emphasis on the running game and getting these backs uh, going. And then I think if you make the game easier for Bryce, he's only going to uh, continue to uh, get better. And that's when the deep shots will come. And Bryce and his receivers will get on the same page because I think you just got to, you know, sometimes last year, I think they leaned on him too hard. Certainly they had to lean on him to win the road game at Texas, but uh, the better your running game and O-line get, it's going to make it easier on Bryce. And so that development is going to be key. But William, what is your thoughts uh, on uh, the matchup with Vanderbilt? Three and one, but they did lose handily by three scores at home to a good Wake forest team. That's undefeated in Nashville a couple of weeks ago.
1: Well, you know, my, my first thought would be, uh, and, and, you know, with the way kids talk these days is, is how many uh, of the current Vanderbilt players are going to reach out to one Tyler Steen and, and uh, get, gauge his feel for, uh, you know, the difference between the two teams. That, that that would be interesting to be able to intercept some of those texts. But, you know, to me, I, I look at it in, in the same light that I did this past Saturday. Um, you know, get get the game out of hand early on where you can – because I thought yesterday the best part of the game was the energy and, and enthusiasm that the defense showed. Um, you know, you could tell that they were enjoying being out there, you know, once they got, you know, some guy – I mean, a, 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 a boogeyman um, that's been missing in action for almost two years now uh, made his first appearance and one former five-star defensive lineman, Damon Payne. Um. you know, got a couple of tackles, you know, Tim Keenan got in there and got a couple of tackles, Burroughs, um, you know, Isaiah Hastings got his first action um, of the year. So, you know, and, and Lawson uh, Kendall Blackshear. I mean, there's a lot of them that got in there and, you know, I think that's the way to keep, you know, kids. In. And I know you can't do it week in and week out, especially once you get into the sec, but when you get these types of games, you know, I think you have to take advantage of it. It's, it certainly helps, you know, in recruiting and, and showing high school seniors, hey, you know, you see that kid right there, you know, he was sitting in the stands last year where you are right now, and look, look, he's out there on the field, um, but I thought Pete Golding did a great job yesterday, um, you know, emptying the bench and getting some of those kids that are thirsty for playing time, um, you know, that are putting the work in, um, you know, Monday through Friday at practice, um, and, and I, I think, Saturday should be the, you know, the same type of uh, goal is, you know, get this thing out of hand halfway through the third quarter and, you know, keep playing these young guys. So, you know, if you find yourself in a situation, you know, at at another position group the way Alabama found themselves in at the wide receiver group last year, that that these kids aren't in shock when they get out there, you know, not in a game, you know, versus Louisiana Monroe – Um, where the game's out of hand, but, you know, in an SEC championship game versus Georgia or, you know, when you're down, you know, down in the middle of an Iron Bowl game versus Auburn, um, you know, where they're not shell-shocked and the moment's not too big for them. And I think the only way you can avoid that is getting them reps and and getting them comfortable. And, you know, I think that should be the goal this Saturday. I mean, you know, Drew, I I think, uh, you know, you're probably – somewhere in the same neighborhood as me, uh, you know, held in the last time we agreed on a, on a score prediction, it was two weeks ago when we were both wrong. Um, so I'm kind of scared to say this, but yeah, I, I think I'm looking at probably, um, you know, 48 to 10, something like that. Um, you know, I, and I do think Clark Lee has done a good job with his Vanderbilt program to this point, but this is just going to be a, a, you know, a talent overload. Um, you know, and, and – uh, but there again, I, you know, I want to see them it. you know, um, with another business trip-like uh, approach and, and, you know, get them down and defeated early and, and, you know, let's see these young kids get out there. And, you know, there there wasn't much of a drop-off. You know, it's not like they surrendered a bunch of points or, you know, gave up a bunch of yards. They continued to play defensively and offensively. You know, that that would be my one – um, you know, ding on the offensive side is, you know, let Jalen Milrow get out there and run the offense. You know, if you drive it down to the 10-yard line and you don't want to kick a field goal or score a touchdown, have them take the knee and give the other team the ball back. But, you know, handing the ball off isn't going to get him developed as a quarterback.
0: Yeah, but it was good to see you. you mentioned earlier in the show, the running backs, that you don't see a lot, Jonathan Bennett, the walk on number 25, had some nice runs. Got into a game. Jackson Roby, the nephew of uh, William, uh, of uh, excuse me, of Wes Neighbors uh, and uh, Keith Neighbors, uh, it's uh, Claire Neighbors, Roby's son. He's been a walk-on for five years, and he was able to get in and help run the clock out. Great to see him in there. Uh, and of course, as we said, too, uh, he's got uh, a cousin of his own now on the team, Hayden Neighbors at wide receiver. So uh, he wasn't in the game yesterday, but it's always good to see some of those walk-ons that grind and and get some playing time and get a chance to play in Brighton Denny Saban. Nick Saban has a lot of respect for the Bowden family. They took a knee, could have easily scored a temp touchdown, I think. And you make a good point about Milrow. He made some great plays. Had a 35-yard touchdown run called back, ran one inside the five to the one-yard line. Uh, you know, on a scramble on fourth down, that led to a six-yard touchdown for Trey Sanders. So. Uh, he did have some bright moments, but it's good to get those guys' reps. Uh, and, I, you know, you and I are on the same page. And, Thomas, uh, what's your prediction for Vanderbilt?
2: Well, just a quick point. One of the more interesting things to come out of the ULM game is as the walk ons got carries or the ability to block or, you know, whatever, you know, play the game, the team on the sidelines was still involved. It's real easy to mail it in when you're up 50 points, but. When those, when those kids came out, the team was cheering and going nuts and all that other. That speaks a lot to this team in terms of what they've built and what they're building. And just another confidence point. But to your actual question, Drew, I'm going to go 45-7. I, I think that Alabama starting SEC play, they'll come out, they'll keep building, and Alabama at home has been a bunch of demon children and I think that's going to continue. So big, uh, big Bama win. And then honestly, I feel like most of the show next week is not going to be about Vanderbilt. It's going to be about what the heck comes out of this Arkansas, Texas A&M game in Arlington. And what, uh, what angry, uh, angry Razorback Alabama might have to tangle with, but we'll see. There's uh, there's going to be plenty of football discussion next week. I'm sure.
0: Oh, there will be, and we'll take a look back at Tennessee and Florida, and the Vols seem to be set up to finally uh, vanquish, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the Florida Gators for only the second time in in uh, 18 tries. They've lost 16 out of 17, but the Gators look like they have a lot of issues. Billy Napier needs some players. His quarterback is not playing well from the neck up, and defensively, they played poorly. They barely escaped against a, a poor South Florida team, really, or Average at best, anyway, under Jeff Scott in the swamp yesterday. But there'll definitely be a lot to, you know, process and digest, no question. Auburn playing Missouri is that Brian Harson's last stand? Uh, You know, a terrible performance against Penn State yesterday. William referenced to 41 to 12. And uh, they're going to really have to play better against a terrible Missouri team who got throttled by Kansas State in Manhattan. And then Kansas State turns around and lost to Tulane. And that wasn't a Scholars Bowl. It was in a football game, so Chilain, uh beating Kansas State, so 17-10. to 10. So we'll just have to wait and see, but there could be some good recruiting news to talk about next week too. On, on Monday, Jordan Renaud from Tyler Legacy is going to make his decision public. Uh, a lot of momentum lately for Alabama in this case. Uh, we'll see if that continues, and if he chooses the Crimson Tide on Monday. And then on Wednesday – jalen hale from uh, longview texas the wide receiver he will make his decision he was in uh, uh the uh in college station on an official for the nil bowl as uh you know Dirtneck jimbo fisher wins in an ugly game 17 to 9 over uh mario cristobal and the miami hurricanes but it's thought to be alabama or texas there is some uh, buzz for alabama we'll see if he chooses the tide so or- we might have some recruiting and should have some recruiting to talk about next week as well. But it's been another great show, another great recap of Alabama 63, Louisiana Monroe 7, for William Redfish Barger, for Thomas the Wizard Watts. We all like Alabama big over Vanderbilt, and hopefully we'll be talking about a big Crimson Tide victory next week on BAMS Radio and getting ready for a difficult road trip to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and talking about what we saw out of the Razorbacks against texas atm next week but for thomas watts for william barger i'm judy Arman. talk to you next week roll tide everybody and thank you for continuing to support bam's radio